sense the bath in this novel is under salt from a kind of bibli- almost biblical. Yeah. I was wondering how to, and whether that fits with what you were talking earlier about this. You're chewing through ideas of destiny, how much of our lives are being shaped by whatever. I'm not saying by divine force, right, but they're, right. they're also being shaped by right. your popsicle right, stick right, as the writer. Right, but right. Dis- I, I only realised <laughs> just before I had lunch. Um, I thought there's fire, there's fires, snakes. I don't know if they're actually biblical right. snakes. Um, oh God, I've written them all down. Uh, my struggling snakes. What was the other one? Yeah, but no, there's, 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 yeah, there's yeah. fire, there's water, there's, there's storm, plague, yeah, plague, uh, pestilence, plague, yeah, pestilence, right, right. Was this a way for you? Was this on your? I don't know how much of a religious man you are. I mean, is, mm-hmm. is, was is, is this knockout? And is, is there a sense of something else? Or you were talking about destiny and mm-hmm. fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something beyond just the forces of other people, or economic forces, or political forces, or what these bigger forces? Is, is that something that you're grappling with? Um, Perhaps I, I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have thought it until you just explained it to me. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not particularly religious, but it, but there are some almost biblical aspects to the the kind of the ecology um, of of this novel. Um, I, I mean, the dead being on the move uh, in Bath was one of the first images that I had. In this was the cemetery, right? But and I and I knew one of the first things that I knew about this book was that it would be a novel in which memory would play a very important role. And I and I was I don't think I was even casting about for an image to to suggest that. I think the image was just there, a cemetery in which you could not reliably go to Grandma's grave. <laughs> and is, is that where you began? Because that first chapter, which is extraordinary, yeah, is yeah. that where you began? That's yes, right, yes, yes. And um, in Nobody's Fool, um, where the novel begins, the, the published novel begins, is not where I began the novel. I began that novel with Sully. But then afterwards, it was uh, Miss Burl looking out at the, 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 tree. the tree. The trees and the guy sticking his finger in the hole that he's just drilled in the tree and making a face. <laughs> uh, um, and so the, the diseased elms. So in, in both books, you, you begin with 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 disease, um, and I think that that comes less from the Bible than from Gloversville, New York, with its with its tanneries and, and the the sense of the sense of poison. I mean, um, um, my grandfather died of emphysema from breathing leather dust. Um, so many people that that I knew uh, in in Gloversville, and that my parents knew, especially the ones who lived closest to the stream, where they uh, I mean, it's a cancer, it's a camp, it's a cancer map up there as a result of of all of that um, of of that that pollution. So, I mean, even going back to Mohawk, um, disease uh, uh, has been. Um, a factor uh, in in all of in all of those in all of those books, and I think even even in this one, it probably has its 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 roots. The the, the sense of the of the world as um, um, as both giving life and taking life away has been present right from the start, and I think in this case. Yeah, it's 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 on it's amped up a bit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's strange about the small town book that 
I suppose you have quite a you, if you have a, con, a small world that almost the cemetery could be bigger than the town itself and if you've got a town where as you say yeah. people are being killed by the local right. the local industry I mean it, is there also a, a deeper sense of small towns and we've talked about this before with, with Gloversville but of small towns um, certainly across places like upstate New York where industries moved out and even mm-hmm. Um, unless you can get the tourists in or the weekending New Yorkers right. in, that there are towns across the place where the farms are moving out. Tom Drury writes mm-hmm. about this, that, that towns are dying. And, mm-hmm. um, is that that, that that feeling as, as well with, with some... Because oh, you've got Shooter Springs yeah. always. The, the, yeah. That gap between rich and poor, which feels right. Bernie Sanders-esque. It does, um, it does. But it that does, does feel... Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny in a way that... that um, how, how are you, how are you doing? I'm doing you, fine, I'm doing fine. Are you sure? Yeah. So yeah. I can sit here till midnight. <laughs> how, how much longer would you like to? If you're tired, because I need five ten minutes. Do you think is that alright? I'm just worried because you've got you've got another you've got your event. It's up to you if you're not too tired. But you another, for an certainly hour another fifteen twenty minutes. Sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you for looking after me. I appreciate it. But I'll chat away. Yeah, I'll chat away for. Yeah. I will time it. Okay. Um. And this is, please don't take this the wrong way. This is not an attempt on my part uh, to, to portray myself as anything like a prophet. I simply, I simply was born somewhere, and I've come to understand that there was tremendous good fortune in my being born where I was, when I was, because I got to, to bear witness to something that was tremendously important to me and to my family and to people that I care the most about. So being born in Gloversville in 1949 was, as a younger man, I thought of that as, a, as, a, as, as something that I would have to overcome in life, that this was, going, this was going to be a weight that I would be dragging around behind me for the rest of my life, only to come to learn that it is what has propelled my life forward. And as I say, I don't, it doesn't, it, it's not that I want to sound like a prophet or anything like that, but what was happening in Gloversville um, was, I think, the canary in the coal mine. And it's happened in communities all across the country. And, and here we find ourselves in the middle of this election where we're talking about who's to blame for America, the loss of American productivity, who's to blame for the loss of jobs, on whose watch did all of this did all of this take place? And you know the Bernie Sanders the Bernie Sanders camp blames the banks uh, and corporations that were allowed to act without without much oversight, um, and blames them for stealing um, American wealth, stealing American jobs, putting them in new places, um, and. Um, and of course, um, the Donald Trump folks um, have done what people do when they're scared. They find a they find a scapegoat for 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 all of this, um, and 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 they try to pit us against each other. Um, and um, so we're now going to build walls and keep immigrants out, the very immigrants that our, that our nation is based on, 
Um, and so we find ourselves here in, in this election in 2016 trying to explain to America, fascinated by, and trying to explain to America in some ways through this election and through Bernie Sanders and through, and through Donald Trump. It's, it's as if people have suddenly become interested in something that, that I was interested in a long time ago, not because I was any smarter than anybody else. It was just I happened to be born in this place at this time. And, and have really had almost no other subject, you know, through the, throughout the course uh, of, the, of, my, of my career. And it's just fascinating now um, to, to be in this position writing, writing these books at this partic- particular time and being asked, as I was on NPR uh, when this book came out, being asked on, I think it was Morning Edition, who would my characters be? Who would my characters in North Bath? Who would they be voting for? Who would they vote for? Holy shit! Who would they be voting for? Um, but anyway, so so. What did you answer to that? I I answered I answered the question to my eternal regret. I answered the question. Um sociologically because on the on the one hand he was asking me who, who my characters would have voted for but on the other hand I was thinking in some ways a much easier question would have been how is Donald Trump doing in upstate New York sure. and the answer to that question of course was as we all know very well uh, and I kind of answered the question that way saying that that um, um, that New York, that New York, except for New York City, um, has always has always been deeply conservative, mm-hmm. um, and that and that Donald Trump um, um, will do very well in communities like those that I have written, been writing about all my life. Donald Trump will do very well in those communities, as indeed he has. Mm-hmm. I say my my regret about that. Is that that was he had actually actually asked me a much more interesting question than that, which I was too which I was I was too surprised by and too stupid to to to, to filter it at the time, which was how would my characters have react have reacted and if I had been smart I would have said well Donald Trump grifter that he was grifter that he is wouldn't have fooled Miss Burrell for two seconds that's the that's the correct answer. Mm. And Sully, um, who was... Um, Sully is a D-Day guy who went, you know, went all the way to Berlin. He knows what service to country is. And while he might have understood white working-class men's rage, having been himself a, a working man all of his life, he would have understood, but he never would have been fooled. Mm. He never would have been fooled by Donald Trump either. Mm. So and that's not, that's how I should have that's how I should have answered the question, but I wasn't I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I've had time to think about it since. Well, what about the fool as a as a character? So, I mean, in some ways, I was thinking in the shit that seems to be Shakespeare's storm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's almost as though sort of the, all the supporting cast of a Shakespeare tragedy is 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 suddenly sent, sent to stage, and 
the idea of being fooled, whether it's by right. a big Trump-esque mm-hmm. Clyde Jr. or someone like that, mm-hmm. and that's perhaps more in the, in the, in the first... Um, but what is it about the fool and kind of? I mean, I was thinking that there are two great writers I think of about whose great subjects almost idiocy. But mm-hmm. in a, in a, your mm-hmm. Elmore Leonard, I think, is Elmore mm-hmm. writes mm-hmm. brilliant about mm-hmm. stupid people. But but all of our stupidity, mm-hmm. like misunderstanding things. That right. you know, what is it about the fool? And as a, uh, that word just resonates through the. Well, it does, and it does, and it goes back, and it, and it does go back to the fool and Lear, of course. But then, of course, again, um, I mean, the fool as 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 wise man. Um, you know, we certainly have Don Quixote, and, mm-hmm. and and I mean, I thought about Don Quixote the whole time I was writing. Um, nobody's fool. I mean, Don Sullivan is. Yeah. And and doesn't and, Peter call and, 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 Sancho? Sancho, he calls his, he calls Rub Sancho and Squeer. <laughs> Squeers is Squire, and I, I mean that's those. I was thinking along mm-hmm. uh, thinking along those those lines. Um, and um, in in so so you've got you've got the kind of noble um, um, wise uh, fool of Shakespeare and and of Cervantes, but you've also got in this book, um, Raymer himself is um, is everybody's fool in a number of different ways. I think he's he's one of the ways he's foolish is to is to think that he's as stupid as everybody's told him he is. And I think he has a... I think he has a decency about him um, that, uh, that, that, I, that I find... It's not exactly intelligence, but it's, but it's not exactly stupidity mm-hmm. either. His, his inclination to think better of people than perhaps they deserve on the face of what they do. Um, there's a kind of... There's a kind of wisdom to that, which he has to, which he has to balance out in some ways with, with, with Dougie. But he's, but Raymer is another person whose, whose foolhardiness. <laughs> I, I just feel it's going to end well for him. You know, he's he has to he has to go down this path in order to. In order to end up with a woman who's much smarter than me. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Charisse. Charisse, yeah. And she's not... Yeah. Charisse sees something in him. And, and, and um, so, yeah, I, I, I like... I, I, he just grew on me in the, in, in the course of the telling of this, this story. And I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite fetched with the, the idea that, that, you know, we all get to be foolish. We don't, if we, whether we all get to be fools or not, we all get to be foolish. Um, and to know that, that foolishness is not necessarily fatal is, is good for it's good for people to remember. <laughs> Except in Quentin Tarantino movies. Okay. Quentin Tarantino movies it is. <laughs>